You're listening to The Ones Ready Podcast, a team of Air Force Special Operators forged in combat with over 70 years of combined operational experience, as well as a decade of selection instructor experience. If you're tired of settling and you want to do something you truly believe in, you're in the right place. Now here's your host, former Prep Course Ops Superintendent and current Special Reconnaissance Training Guru, Trent Segmiller. Hey everyone, welcome back to the team room. You're with Ones Ready and we have a guest with us today. But first, I want to start off with a question for Peaches. Peaches, did you know that you can use the Ones Ready code at your favorite online uh, establishments or places you like to shop to get a sweet discount? Did you even know that that was a thing? Are you kidding me? What are those places? It's weird. So like when I wake up in the morning, the first thing I do, feeling like P. Diddy, is grab some Strike Force Energy. You know what I mean? And so, like, I didn't know that you could have a put in your ones ready code and get a sweet discount. And also, Everly Stock um, is, is another one of our establishments. Go on to onesready.com slash shop and, uh, and check it out for our stuff. And then also, uh, I think we have a list on there of all the people that we're affiliated with that you can get a discount. It's pretty awesome. Go, we have coffee, Strike Force, Everly Stock, Pomade, obviously. So uh, make sure you're hitting up the people that support us, not financially, but just like moral support. And we love it because I need the love. All right, now that we got that out of the way, let's move on to our guest today. Our guest today is a Tac P. He is a jujitsu lover, a fighter, uh, probably just like a plain lover as well. I don't know, and a world traveler, and one of my favorite people in the world, uh, Mark Funky Bunkley. So, Mark, welcome to the podcast. Thanks. Thanks, Trent. Uh, and uh, welcome, guys. I think what you guys are doing is super awesome. Uh, you guys are helping a lot of people. Uh, and a lot of people reach out and everyone knows about One's Ready. So this is great for guys going into the pipelines and you guys are doing a lot of good stuff. So, yeah, well, I mean, you and I were a lot of people appreciate what you guys are doing. Oh, thanks, brother. I mean, we were instructors together, but before we get into all that, like, why don't you just a, a little bit of background on yourself and uh, where you're at and what you're doing? All right. Yeah. So I grew up in Vegas. Uh, I joined when I was 18. Went through the TACP pipeline. I was at Fort Bliss for five years. Um, at a young age, like I had just barely turned tw- 24 years old, and then I'm sent over to Lackland Air Force Base to go be a battle instructor with old Trent Segmiller. Um, I was at Lackland for um, almost four years, rotated and did uh, a bunch of different courses, uh, battle, TACP prep, special warfare prep. We were in basic training for a while, uh, so I got to see that um, whole side of uh, training. And then after that, I was sent over to group staff over in uh, Osan Air Base in South Korea. And uh, just this last August, I PCS over to Germany, where I've been in uh, Vilsec. But I've spent basically the entire time I've been over there TDY. And right now I'm currently TDY down here for uh, extended TDY in Vicenza, Italy. So that's a little bit about me. I, I love jujitsu. I love training in MMA. I, I compete any chance that I get. Um, I typically use all my leave and go somewhere new in the world, uh, ex- experience life and live life to the fullest. Um, I've been limited in this these times of Corona uh, as far as all that stuff. Um, I just finished my last trip. I almost got stuck in New Zealand, which wouldn't have been bad, but, uh, I did get the last flight up to South Korea. So then I was, uh, stuck in quarantine up there. Um, and when I was with Trent in San Antonio, 
like any any weekend that I had free, I I compete in uh, martial arts or jujitsu. So I'm really passionate about that. Um, jujitsu. Uh, I'm a jujitsu purple belt, and I plan on opening up my own martial arts gym someday. Um, but aside from all the extracurriculars I do on the outside, I do love being a TACP. Um, I've loved my career so far. I've had a lot of awesome opportunities. Um, uh, it was one of the best times was working down with the guys at Lackland, uh, all the PJs, the combat controllers, the now SR guys. Um, and I'll, I'll get into more uh, of that because I, I do have my notes. I came ready. <laughs> uh, <laughs> nice. I don't know that but, anybody's ever come come with notes or at least they didn't let us know about it <laughs> yeah 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 i you didn't see that you guys you guys did not see that <laughs> yeah we'll edit look, that out <laughs> yeah I'm, I'm gonna look super prepared but uh but yeah that's that's a little bit about me um i i like to do a lot and i like to job it when uh well well most of the time because it's my full-time job <laughs> well i would i would say that there are worse places to be than stuck in italy but I guess you can't go out and see anything anyway because you're on complete lockdown. So that's unfortunate. Yeah, yeah, and that's the thing. I, I came over here to uh, to Europe, and I thought I thought, man, I'm I'm going to be able to travel everywhere. Uh, the first week, I got out of quarantine. I went to Ireland, um, and then I went to Poland like a couple weeks later. And then ever since then, I've been TDY. And then they they started locking down Europe in November. I want to say. And so I haven't been able to travel. Um, there's been like a couple week periods where they've lifted restrictions to where you could like travel in your state. So I've gotten out to uh, in the state of Veneto here in Italy and got to do some pretty cool stuff and see uh, Verona, uh, Venice. So the opportunity's been there in bits and pieces, but for the for the most part, it's like stay stay in your room on your base. So it's just been a lot of uh, a lot of gym. I'm I'm studying for tech, um, and then it, it, we've been really busy here at work. So that's been the bulk of my efforts. So yeah, it's been good. It's been good. I've I've been uh, making the best of it. Well, since we're talking about job and and you obviously like the job, kind of like the rest of us, right? So why did you decide to go tech P? I mean, why wouldn't you ever decide to go CCT? <laughs> Uh, so that's a good question, and it's going to sound really stupid because uh, <laughs> you, you, you talk to you talk to anyone uh, in the career fields that we do. Everyone's pretty squared away, and I was not when I joined. I was 18 years old, didn't know what I wanted to do with my life. My family is like, "Hey, you should join the military." And eventually, or initially, I went to the Marines, and. My parents were against it. My dad was an MP in the Marines, didn't want me to go into the Marines. So I'm like, okay, I'll go into the Air Force. And knowing nothing, my dad was the only person that was in my entire family, have a huge family. Uh, he just said, don't go into the Marines. And I'm like, okay. Uh, I went to the Air Force recruiter and I said, I just want to do something cool. Like I, I had no idea what I wanted to do. That's, that's, uh, I, th I think a lot of us were in uh, that position at one point. But I, I mean, I was I was young, 17 years old at the time, trying to figure out what I wanted to do with my life. And initially, I was given a security forces contract. Just I knew I knew nothing else. Um, security forces has some opportunities in that career field, uh, but I really lucked out because a couple of weeks before I went to basic training, my recruiter 
said, hey, man, like, you want to be a TACP? And I, nobody knows what TACPs are. And especially in 2000, I think it was 2010 at the time, nobody knew what a TACP was. <laughs> so I'm like, what's this? He gave me a pamphlet and I read through it. Like, you call an airstrikes, you work with the army. And I'm like, this sounds super cool. Like, I'm, I'm going to be basically, I'm going to be in the Transformers movies. It's going to be awesome. And... <laughs> that wasn't even a tack p it was a controller the whole time but uh um yeah so yeah my recruiter specifically said you you're gonna jump out of planes and it's like he he told me it's like security forces on steroids and I, I knew nothing else. I knew nothing better as a young kid. So I go through the pipeline, uh, get, just get destroyed as an 18 year old kid and, uh, fumble my way through, like have no maturity, make it through just on the full principle of not quitting. And, uh, yeah, I just one step after the next, I just was too dumb to quit. Um, and then eventually I started, you know, to like it more and more it's uncomfortable, being the guy that doesn't know what he's doing or the guy that's the young guy that's getting uh, a little, little pushed around by the more seasoned guys. But um, eventually I got that experience and uh, now I'm the guy who's able to help out the guys underneath me. And it's a, a really good feeling. And uh, right now I'm stationed with the 173rd airborne. We're jumping all the time. I'm getting to do the job that I signed up to do. So I, I really enjoy it. Well, it's, um, and for any recruiters out there, that is, that is really bad to say that TACP is like security forces on steroids. They're, I mean, they're they're nowhere close to each other. Just, I guess, maybe carrying weapons. I mean, really, that's yeah. But, that's, but when you when you think about it, most most people just don't know. They're taking this was back in the time where they were taking guys out of the regular air force. Uh, I, I believe my recruiter was in some sort of uh, computer job, and they're they're taking this guy who doesn't know. A great guy, just didn't know much about any of the career fields. Um, and we all know that's recently changed to where guys are getting hooked up a lot more nowadays yeah, with and, information. And that's not throwing hate at a recruiter or anything like that. I mean, it's just it's just like trying to ask me what being an yeah. avi- avionics technician is. Yeah. Like, I, I don't know, <laughs> man. Like, I know hey, that yeah, they work on a plane. recruit these avionics guys real quick. Yeah, like, so I don't know. So that's not uh, shade being thrown at them. It's just like... It sounds as, like as some somebody, hate. Yeah, well, like a <laughs> everybody that's watching this knows how much hate I throw out. I'm just a hate, 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 hate dude. So, <laughs> especially against TACPs, that's what I've heard anyway. That's the rumor on the street is that yeah, there's, I there's, loathe, there's rivalry going down. Yeah, I loathe TACPs apparently. So, <laughs> <laughs> so you know, we're talking about TACPs. What what is the best part and the worst part of the job that you've experienced so far? Ooh. You know, some of the best some of the best parts are also some of the worst parts. I've, like I said, I PCS into Germany in August. I have been at my unit for maybe a total of three weeks, and it, we're now and I, is it April yet? No, we're still we're late March. Almost. I've been at my unit for a total of three weeks. I got in household goods, uh, barely found an apartment, been TDY ever since. So. That could be a downside. I'm a single guy, don't have kids, uh, no girlfriend, so it's easy. Like I'm, I'm all for it. But at the same time, uh, I really enjoyed the stability of my time at Lackland Air Force Base, to where I'm, you know, working a. I wouldn't say it's a normal job, but it's a normal job in the sense that we're working Monday through Fridays. Uh, so 
Um, I do miss that in a sense. Um, but the best part is just all the things I've gotten to experience so far and meeting a lot of awesome people. Now, like, like I said, the best parts also come with the worst parts. Uh, I'm, I've, I'm never in the same place uh, for longer than maybe uh, you know, a few weeks. I'm not in one place very long. And also with 95% of awesome people that I met with a time, occasionally you, you run it, you encounter some guys who are not so easy to work with and then you're stuck with them. So, uh, <laughs> that never that's, happens. that's just, that's just the nature. That's the nature of the beast. <laughs> but I, I can say right now, I, I love everyone I work with. We got a good team here. Uh, but yeah, those are, those are the best things and the worst things I would say. All right. Well, enough of these softball questions. Who's a better JTAC, attack P or controller? <laughs> well, well, I mean, I, it, it, de- it depends. It all depends. Um, I would say, yeah, yeah, it all, it all depends. It's a, how long's the CCT been in? How long's it, 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 it depends and right now. I mean, I've been in, I've been in 11 years. I'm still not a JTAC guy. I got out of the career field. So some people will tell you that I'm, uh, so what do you call it? Some of the people who are like higher in the echelon of Jay Tackery would say, you know, I'm garbage. But, uh, if you look at my, my, uh, time in the career field, I would say I'm well above average. So <laughs> Jay Tackery. It all depends. It's Love all it. about Jay Tackery. <laughs> yeah. Um, it, it, it depends, it, man. It's that's a hard question. That's a hard question to ask. There's some. <laughs> I've, I've met some awesome CTC controllers. The like, I, I'm just going to go TAC P just because you know that's you that's our to. focus. Yeah, that's fair. And that's the other TAC P listening don't want you to betray them, so you have to <laughs> stick with your clan. <laughs> but I've, I've I've met a lot a lot of awesome controllers, a lot of awesome guys, great great controllers. So yeah. Definitely. It is a low question. I mean, yeah, just, you know, experience <laughs> that you've had, it just depends on the dude. Um, but I want to kind of switch over to some of the instructor gig, as you know, you know, most of our listeners are people that are getting prepared to go into, um, the military to do this stuff or, you know, just looking for some inspiration. And I think, you know, for me, um, I originally didn't want to be an instructor. I kind of got voluntold on that uh, whole thing when that was going on. And once I like, you know, started actually participating in it and uh, talking to the students, investing in them. Like it really changed a lot of the person that I that I am right now. So for you, um, did you want to go and be an instructor, or was it just kind of like a you know voluntold thing, or how did it end up for you? So I I put in for it uh, at the time for the battle slot. It was a senior airman slot. I clicked the button. So did 300 other guys in our, like basically everyone in our career field clicked it. (laughs) Uh, And I had plans on getting out of the military. I was going to do my six, get out. I was slated to move to Thailand and I was going to train martial arts there. (laughs) I, uh, I was notified, uh, obviously like probably six, five, six months before I got to Lackland. And they said, Hey, you're going to Lackland air force base. You're going to go be this battle instructor. I didn't even know that was because they didn't have that when we went through. Yeah. Uh, and that completely changed. I was like, holy crap, like this is a massive opportunity. I remember going through the pipeline and looking up to the instructors and uh, just to be able to have that opportunity and go and uh, uh, lead guys and, and make a difference, make 
the probably the biggest difference that you're going to make in in all of our career fields or in all of our careers is like bringing up the up and coming guys. Uh, I didn't want to pass that opportunity up. I reenlisted, and then I found out I made staff like two weeks later. So it all just kind of tied together. Um, so yeah, I really I really wanted to go instruct, and I got there, and you know Trent was with me in battle. I was super intimidated. I was I. I literally turned 24 probably a week before I, I got to Lackland. Uh, so all the students were older than like most, the bulk of the students were older than me. Um, I had never been in a situation like that. I had, you know, I had deployed, um, I had been to Afghanistan. I had a lot of life. I had, I had some experiences, but I didn't have experiences of, you know, leading 40 to 60 people in battle and being expected to be that guy that people look up to. Uh, so I wouldn't say that that was there yet. But having people like like Trent and all the guys that we worked with, uh, they really kind of molded me. Um, and also, I was intimidated. So you had Trent and all of his accolades. You had RZ, who you could literally Google and read his Bronze Star citation. You had Krinsky, who's uh, an STS TAC P, was shot, uh, had his Purple Heart. Um, August, uh, PJ, lost his leg in combat. Summerlin with his 10-plus uh, deployments. Uh, Coach Edgerton, who was a prior Special Forces captain, like you had all these guys, and then you had 24-year-old Mark Bunkley, uh, who did a deployment as a Romad. So I, I had to, I had to learn. I had to learn quick, and it, it taught me a lot. I mean, I was there for three years. I got moved from course to course. I got moved to TACP prep, Special Warfare prep, basic training, um, and at times, I'd have to go to basic training and stand up and talk about. TACP, PJ, Special Reconnaissance, and uh, uh, CCT to 150 students who were basically my peers in life. The guy, people that are the same age as me, uh, men and women trying out for these jobs, and I had to get up there and lead them and motivate them to want to do this job. So, yeah, and that's I, I loved it. It's a uh, yeah, really difficult to when you step on the scene. You're wearing one of those shirts. You're pretty much seen as everyone else. Like no one else's shows there except for Augie. You know he has his leg. That uh, it's obvious that there's something else going on there. But everyone else looks the same. Uh, by the way, we got to get Augie on here also. But uh, yeah, so it is kind of different. Shout out August. Yeah. <laughs> um, so it is kind of different to just get that expectation up front and they're expecting you to have the right answer to whatever question they have is like, you know, they're asking you these deep questions like, why do you want to do this? What's your favorite thing about it? You know, all these different things that I, I wasn't prepared for either because I was like, oh, man, I saw my instructors as like they're super supermen, basically like untouchable. They did all this awesome stuff. And, and now here I am. Um I don't know what they think of me, but <laughs> I hope I can just, you know, like don't do enough up, justice. <laughs> don't like a, li a little short Mexican guy. I don't know if he's uh, really living up to the <laughs> Superman stuff, but um, where there's, there's a lot of stuff that I learned about myself just through, you know, telling the, the students, you know, whatever I was thinking or trying to motivate them, that kind of stuff. Was there anything uh, like that for you? Like uh, a moment where you felt like, man, this is, probably one of the best jobs, one of the best times that I get this opportunity and uh, living through it. Is there anything like that or a particular student or, um, you know, like a speech you used to give because we all kind of had our canned speeches that we would give after, after a while, just because you show up to the pool and they look like crap. You're like, all right, let's turn this around. Let's talk about this. Was there anything like that for you? 
I wouldn't say I had any speeches that I had on repeat. Every instructor had their role. So it depended on the course that I was at. Because I, I was very fortunate to be moved from like course to course fairly regularly every nine months to a year. Uh, so some, some instructors go. Um, and whether it be TACP going to the TACP schoolhouse or you guys going to the courses that you went through and were coaching um, or teaching, I'm sorry. And uh, most people would be there for a while, like a, cu of a couple years. I was very fortunate to uh, shift courses. And when I shifted courses, I was able to kind of rejuvenate and get in with a different group of instructors. So I never, uh, I never got stagnant. I always had to prove myself. I always wanted to be a good instructor and I always wanted to be a good mentor. And with your, when you're with, uh, one group for, for an extended period of time, uh, it, it, it's, it's a little bit easier to slack off. And I never had that when I was at Lackland. Uh, so as far as canned speeches, it, it depended on the role of the instructors that were around me. Like when, when I was at special warfare prep with Trent, you know, he, he did his thing. I had my way of instructing and everyone kind of, everyone worked around each other. Okay. Um, so. and then Trent wanted me to ask this question. I'm assuming is, uh, <laughs> has to do with monster mashes. <laughs> And he was talking about a time that you designed something like that, that uh, almost killed the Were you the one that designed the one where we had to do the shuttle runs with the kettlebells and then like uh, navigate through the back woods to some house or something like that? That, that was not me. That was Corbin Harris. That was, that was <laughs> you and Corbin. It was, it, it was not me. I had nothing to do with it, but I do think Corbin, Corbin did an awesome job on that monster mash. That was, that was a lot of fun. I think we. I think that monster mass lasted like four hours that day. <laughs> after after a two week Christmas exodus, where none of the instructors were doing anything. <laughs> yeah, it was it was pretty funny. It was pretty funny. I I was uh I was going through a fight camp at the time, so I was feeling pretty good, and I did get joy uh, watching the other instructors. It was my it was my way of having this little tack P little the young tack P show up show up the uh, the old bucks. <laughs> yeah, I think it was good though because really we didn't compete in any like physical activity against each other most of the time. But then we saw like, yeah, oh, some dudes need to start doing some cardio. Some dudes need to start lifting, working, <laughs> working on that grip strength. Uh, so yeah, that was fun. I guess we were instructors at the same time, but so yeah, we were, yeah, we yeah. weren't uh, co-located though. So PJs are on mm -hmm. one side of the thing, just for everyone listening, and then. You know, attack P and everyone else besides PJs is are together. So I never got to see a lot of people, but nice to meet you. <laughs> yeah, yeah, we we are we're all in the same squadron, uh, but every like you said, everyone has everyone sticks their own courses because you know that's our that's our sole focus. But when we had events like that where we were all able to come together, I I really enjoyed it. Um, and then as a young dude, you get like this uh, idea of rivalries, like oh man. You're attack P, you stick with attack P's. You, you're PJ, you stick with the PJs. But then when I got stationed over there, there was none of that. Everyone was just so cool with each other. And, uh, you know, as a young guy, just thinking, thinking there's going to be some beef or there's going to be some problems, there was, <laughs> there was none. Like, I enjoyed everyone I worked with. Yeah, there's so no. So it was, it was, it was eye opening. It was really eye opening. It was awesome to get that assignment. And because a lot of attack P's don't, you know, they get sent to an ASOS and they go from ASOS to ASOS. Uh, Trent was the first Sal T I ever met. Well, <laughs> the so. only still? 
I don't know. <laughs> no, there's there's you, there's Gibby. Uh, yeah, you, uh, I know like I, I know like half the crew field, so no biggie. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's like two guys. So yeah, <laughs> both really angry. <laughs> both really angry. It is what it is. <laughs> well, I mean, I am still angry about the Monster Mash a little bit because coming off those two weeks and then like going straight into it, I was for if I don't know if anybody would care about the story, but I was on that team where I'm like, hey guys, let's just chill out and just like make it through this. But then there was a, a particular PJ on my team who's uh, skinny and actually back at Lackland now, who's like, we're gonna win this, and we're gonna like as soon as we started with our rucks on, he just like takes off running and. Brian knows oh, what I'm I talking know. about. I know who that is. I know and I who was that like, is. Son of a... He's and like, there goes the whole rest of my plan to just like chill through this monster match. So I, like, I remember before we started that day, everyone was talking about it. Like, okay, guys, like just chill. And all the teams, all the teams were talking amongst each other. Were like, okay, we're not going to compete. And as soon as they said go, it was game on. There's oh. no such thing as that. Oh, we'll just, no. we'll, you know, we'll do 50% or we'll just, we'll just throttle back a little bit. Let these guys burn themselves out. Yeah. There is none the of minute that. Anybody starts putting out no. like, screw that guy. We're gonna yeah. <laughs> I wasn't going to kill myself today, but I'm definitely going to on this monster mash. Yeah. One oh, team yeah. starts running. Oh, yeah. I don't, we all running. Mm-hmm. It's yeah. But um, I don't think I was able to walk for a couple days after that. That was a smoker. <laughs> it was a good time. But um, like let, let's move forward from there. So you you talked about traveling a lot, and I've read a lot of quotes yeah. from from people, and some of the things that I agree with is you don't um, really understand how anything works until you get beyond the bubble that you grew up in or that you live in or whatever. And I just want to be: why do you travel so much, and what are like the things that you've learned? Because I know when we were at Lackland together, you were kind of on the the tour of Asia. So like, mm-hmm. why, why are you such a, a traveler and, and what have you, what are you learning throughout these experiences? Uh, so I, I never growing up, I never had ambition, uh, to do stuff like that. Uh, I was at Fort bliss and I had, uh, I had a guy, Sergeant Francois. Uh, I don't know where he's at nowadays. He's a no social media type, but he'd always tell me, he's like, Bunkley, you do what you want to do, man. Don't listen to anyone else. Uh, and cause I, one day we were at the range and I was like, yeah, it'd be cool to go to like Ireland. And he's like, go to Ireland. What's stopping you? And I was like, oh, well, well we got training coming up this, this time. And he's like, so he's like, you do what you want to do. You do what you want to do in life and deployed. And, uh, when I was on my second deployment, it was, we were in Djibouti. Um, and I just started researching, um, after that deployment, I did a two week trip to Europe. And I was hooked. Like from there, uh, I got hooked. And I don't know I, who doesn't like to travel. You get you go and do, get to experience new things, meet new people. Uh, every time I've w- when I take leave and go travel and do stuff like that, I typically take uh, two weeks or more. And then after those two weeks, it's just like, man, I don't want to go back to work. <laughs> it, it's a good it's a good reset. It it makes you realize the importance of. Uh, different things in life. And like you said, getting out of your bubble, uh, there, there's so much more out into the world. And, um, I have a note that when I was instructing, you get out of the ops, you get out of the ops world. Like no longer was I going TDY after TDY deployment after deployment. Uh, that was no longer my focus. My focus was to breed the upcoming generation of future, uh, operators. 
Um, and that came with a good amount of downtime. And on that downtime, I was training martial arts. Um, when four day weekends would happen, I would go down to uh, Corpus Christi and go train down there and maybe hit the beach. And uh, when I, when I'm able to take myself out of work, uh, I'm, I'm, and the ops tempo, I've been able to see what's important in life. And that's uh, living your best life. Yeah. I mean, I've, I've and, seen and a, and a lot of, a lot of, a lot of people stay in that bubble, Trent. A yeah. lot of people are just job, 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 job. There's nothing else I can do but work. Well, yeah. And for those of us that do that, you know, the first introduction to, to <laughs> Mark Bunkley when he becomes an instructor is someone shows me a picture of you in like Vietnam with some other dudes with some stuff. And we were like, who is this, <laughs> who is this new guy? And what is he doing over there? And did anybody know about this? You know, and then you just come back here like, yeah, it was cool, man. Like I was over in like Vietnam doing some stuff with some people and hanging out. I was just like, yeah, is it? I, I wasn't sure that you were right in the head. It was, it, you're a little bit different, but <laughs> I appreciate that. Who, who wouldn't want to go do that? It yeah. was fun. Well, we yeah. got we got into we got into where was it Cambodia, and I just read online that you could just ask around, look for rocket launchers to shoot, and we <laughs> found a rocket launcher to shoot. <laughs> it, did, it, it did raise some eyebrows. It did, yeah. Anyway, so, so like my next question is supposed to be: um, that, Have any of your experiences traveling translated into being attack P? So I guess. You know, RPGs versus, you know, the Carl Gustav. Is there a translation there? Uh, has it helped me? <laughs> yeah. Like, traveling makes you a better person all around. I'd, I'd say one of the biggest traits to be in, uh, to do in what we do is um, being a good teammate. Um, yeah, being the guy that people want to work with and the experience that I've had in traveling, I would say makes me a better person and all around that correlates directly to my job, correlates to any job. Yeah, and I, th and I think one of the things that we talk about on here is, is um, the, the community is very personality based, right? And, and being able to communicate and get along with people and be a good teammate. And I think the more that you get out there and learn how to communicate with uh, different cultures and different people and realize that even within the United States... Um, dealing with people from uh, maybe a different type of culture and, and learning how to, to get something out of them or to, to work with them is, is incredibly important. So, um, yeah, I, I think it's incredibly – I'm going to say incredibly again, I swear. It's a little early, and I haven't finished all my one, coffee. One more time. One more time. It's incredibly <laughs> important that you learn communication skills for your future career <laughs> in aspect war kids out there. It's so. an incredible point. You're recognizing it, Trent. You're Jeez. recognizing a word that you're saying a lot. You know. Yeah, I'm an idiot. What, what's your favorite place you've been, and why is it your favorite? Oh, uh, by far, Medellin, Colombia. Why? Ooh. Home of Pablo Escobar. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, because yeah, so, of so the drugs. <laughs> so what, what I love about Medellin. So every, everyone there is super friendly. So obviously, people hear Colombia and they're like, red flag, red flag, bad area, but you, um, before Corona, it's actually a level two country. So in DOD travel, for you can go anywhere in the world as long as it's level one or level two. Columbia was level two. So uh, all I needed was uh, my squadron commander to say, hey, yeah, you're good to go. And uh, with, with Colonel Savell, no problem. He's like, yeah, cool, you're good to go. Um, <laughs> I got really lucky, and I went with my with a buddy that I fought with 
uh, in San Antonio. He was on my fight team, and he spoke fluent Spanish. So we went down there. Um, awesome hikes. The people were super nice. The food was great. Uh, and I don't. I, there's just something about like it was so much fun. The people there are just so lively. Uh, we. I was the only English speaker there because Colombia has a very. Uh, they have one of the lowest speaking English populations in the world. So we were out one night. We're going a night out on the town, and this guy walks up to me. He's the only white person or Westerner I've seen in like my whole trip to Colombia, and he catches me and my buddy speaking English. And this guy had lived there for two years and ended up just showing us around the whole city, all of his favorite bars that he went to. He took us to this rooftop club, and then he took us up to this uh, this area to where only the Colombians hung out. Like the the tourists didn't go. Uh, it was strictly for locals just to go out and have fun. And we ended up at this bar where people were there was a like there was midgets walking around. There's people they they do the Colombian national anthem every night at midnight, and there's like confetti that's going going off and shooting everywhere. You go into the bathroom, uh, they have a Kermit the Frog and Miss Piggy and like Darth Vader urinals, and you're like peeing into their mouth, and you're like, what is going on here? And it just it's so chaotic, but it was. It was so fun. I, Medellin, Colombia is a good time. Well, sounds like it. <laughs> I can get down yeah. with that. You guys, you guys got to go. Did the midgets live there or were they implanted? <laughs> I, don't I don't know where they came from. They're not, they're not all midgets, but there was a couple. And they actually, at one point, they had them like on stage fighting each other. Like It was it was wild. I can't help but think of Wolf of Wall Street at the very beginning. Yeah, but. just pure chaos. <laughs> yeah, it was, it was chaos. Everyone's speaking Spanish. I'm, you know, I, at the time, I didn't speak Spanish very well at all. And my buddy's translating and uh, I don't know. It was, it was awesome. Hey, don't worry about it, man. I can, I can totally relate to that. I love traveling. Yeah. I love, I love yeah. getting like, and I, by traveling, I mean like going places and not staying in a super nice hotel. Like it is nice staying in a no. hotel, but like actually getting in there with the locals and stuff like that. It's a lot of fun and it helps give you oh, yeah. pers- perspective too. Oh yeah. And just so. being able to just, uh, there was a, a guy who was running our hotel in uh, Pereira, Colombia. And the guy, you know, he, he just worked there. Uh, he didn't know it or anything. He was in the Colombian army previously and had fought the FARC. And, you know, we just, we ended up going to this random hotel in the middle of nowhere, Colombia. It's a, a touristy area, but, uh, and then I'm sharing, I'm sharing a beer with a guy and talking to him about his time fighting the FARC. And I'm like, geez, this is insane. And, you know, he's a, he's younger than me. I was 25 or 26 at the time. And this guy's like 23 or 24. I was like, dang, this is, this is wild. Jeez, man. I can't imagine that, but so, you never, you never meet, you never meet people like that yeah. if you didn't get out and experience it. No, you're right. So, uh, you know, you obviously seem like a very nice guy, very worldly dude. So why do you like to beat people up so much? Uh, so I, I grew up just, uh, so it, it goes all the way back to, to middle school. I was, I was kind of weak sauce and uh, got bullied around a little bit. So when I got to high school, I started wrestling. I was like, this is my end. And I was a really good high school wrestler. And that's initially what started it and super competitive with my brother. So that's how I've been competitive my whole life. And, uh, and yeah, I always just, I, I always use the motivation of someone telling me that I can't do something or um, even, even now there's been people in the, 
in the past few years in my career field were like, you shouldn't be doing this. You should be focused on just tack P. And I, do, I use that as motivation. I'm like, I'm going to show these guys. I'm going to show these guys what's up. So, I mean, so it sounds like you have found a correlation between fighting and the actual job. Oh yeah. And I think martial arts is huge for our community. It's in, it's in our CFEPT for, uh, tack P training. I realized like, it's a bit extreme to have everyone show up at six in the morning and beat the crap out of each other for a couple hours. Like, okay, I get it. Like I may, we should, we should, like, we should have that warrior mindset, but I, uh, yeah, it's like, this is back in the ancient days. Like guys were, uh, you know, fighting each other to the death hand to hand. And, and now, now I'm, you could get someone who, you know, I could, I don't want to say it. I could get a fatty telling me how to, you know, be a, be an operator, be a warrior. And it's like, dude, you wouldn't even, you wouldn't even last an hour outside the wire. You probably have a heart attack. All right, I feel personally attacked. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry, Peaches. No, but but that, that's just that that's just my mentality. I I try to stay sharp in the best way I can, uh, and it's it's an awesome motivator to stay in shape. Anyway, it's a great workout. I, I love everything about it. I love competing. Uh, I love right. representing. So. Yeah, yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, rumor on the street is that Kevin Edge has the best top game around. So, can you confirm that? <laughs> Kevin is an animal. Kevin, I want to – he's probably 50. I don't, Man, I just blasted out his age to everyone. But he's probably <laughs> 50 years old now. And the entire time I trained with him in San Antonio – I scored on him in jiu-jitsu one time. Uh, yeah, he took second in the world championships. Guy's an animal. Guy's a complete stud. So yeah, yes, well, if, you, a, he's, if, he's if really you guys good. aren't if you guys aren't tracking who we're talking about, we're talking about eighteen Alpha Fitness. So oh yeah, eighteen Alpha Fitness. He, yeah, he's he runs that. He's got a, a great program. He helped. He helped me um, in my uh, ranger preparation in my in one of my fight camps. I solely did his strength and conditioning. He knows what he's talking about. Like the guy is a prior special forces captain, and he knows he knows fighting. He knows how to get people through pipelines, and his stuff works. Like it, yeah, there's no doubt about that. All right, let's uh, talk about some of this uh, the YouTube stuff because I know most of the people that are listening uh, know you from a lot of your YouTube videos and that kind of stuff. Oh, funky Bunkley, right? Um, oh, so yeah, oh yeah. <laughs> um, so <laughs> I just want to get started on that. Yeah. Uh, so you know, I started uh, my YouTube stuff to try and help guys that are coming to the pipeline, that kind of stuff. Um, I know a lot of yours uh, kind of varies in topics and that kind of stuff. What made you want to get out there and you know start YouTube? I mean, you started traveling the world and then you're kind of putting yourself out there more and more um, about your experiences and, you know, the things that you've done. So what made you want to start the YouTube? Yeah. Yeah. So I've, I've had a YouTube since I was in high school and never, never had the intention of uh, having it go big. I solely made travel videos and just saved it for my own personal recollection. Uh, when I was in Korea, I had a younger airman, who was like, man, you could like, you could put out so much stuff about TACP. Like there's a lot of people generally interested. Uh, and I made my first TACP video and then it just like blew up. Uh, I made, I just filmed my whole day 
And yeah, a lot of people reached out and were like, dude, this is awesome. Do more of this. And so I did. I then I had this, I created an idea to basically create a whole pipeline series for TACP because one of the guys that I worked with was interested in going through the training. And he was a younger guy who was just like, Hey man, can you, you should, you should do this. You should put a series together. And I was like, you know what? I, you know, that'd be, that would be, uh, that'd be good. And I grew up video editing. I did it throughout high school, but then when I joined the military, I stopped and I only did it for my travel videos. And then I just used that expertise and started making tacky videos. And it's awesome to hear that it's helped a lot of people and a lot of people are getting good info from it. So, uh, when I, when I was in Korea during Corona, everything was locked down. I used that time to make those videos. And since then I haven't really had a lot of time to do that stuff, but I do plan on making a few other videos when I do get some time. Yeah. It's funny, uh, you know, talking about the video editing and stuff like, uh, you know, I'm sure you're getting a bunch of emails now because you mentioned it that, uh, you know, people are like, are you going to put out more videos? Are you going to put out more videos? And people don't realize like it takes, uh, you know, a little bit of time to, to put out that, to record it and make sure you don't mess up and, you know, sound ridiculous when you, <laughs> when you do it or something's in the background or whatever. But, um, yeah. So, and then you went from the YouTube stuff and now you're doing a podcast as well. So can you tell us a little bit about like what that is about and what you're kind of hoping that uh, the people that listen to it get out of your podcast? So I started podcasting when I came here to Italy and we were in red. So when I first got here, we could do a little bit of traveling, but then when, when we got put on red, I was, I was like, man, there's nothing to do. So I put out this podcast uh, and my only my only goal for it was just to have people hear different experiences of people around the world that I've met. Uh, and with that, like I, I had no intention of like blowing it up. It's just something that I do for fun on my free time. Just to, uh, it was a good way to talk to my friends because I was, you know, isolated in this room that you see behind me <laughs> and yeah, tell some, tell some good stories. Cause there's a lot of awesome and interesting people out there. And, uh, I've had a lot of people reach out and say like, because everyone listens to podcasts, you know, they're, they're driving to work, they're driving to and from work. They put on my podcast and they're like, Hey man, that was super interesting. And, uh, yeah, it's, it's, it's cool. I've got, I haven't really been working on that. I probably maybe do one, one a week now. Uh, so that's, that's how I got started on that. I had no intention of, you know, blowing it up, but, um, a lot of people have reached out over it because it's, it covers different topics of, you know, I have, some of my fight friends, some, uh, some of the TACP buddies, uh, people I've met traveling. So it, so there's a lot of different people on there. Yeah. I think it's pretty cool just having a podcast and having guests on to where you, I mean, I learned just as much as all the people listening about, you know, different people's lives and the way that they see the world and why they did certain things and how they ended up who they are. I mean, it's, uh, kind of like traveling. I mean, you just talk to different people and everyone has lived a different life and you try and pick up whatever you can to make yourself better based on what they say. So it's definitely uh, Absolutely. a pretty cool experience to just be able to talk to this many people that I would have never met in uh, real life. Yeah. Um, so is there anything specifically that you've uh, learned about yourself? Because like I was talking about before, you know, talking out loud and talking about your yourself and the things that you believe in, um, 
it kind of made me realize more of the stuff that about myself and how I react to situations. And my wife who edits the podcast, she's like, Oh, I never saw this side of you before. Um, <laughs> because we don't really talk about all these kind of topics unless we're doing this. Um, so is there anything specific that you think you've kind of learned about yourself, um, through the podcast, through the videos or any of that kind of stuff that has, uh, just kind of appeared. You're like, man, I, I do believe that. Yeah, you're right. Like it comes out of your mouth. And you're like, Oh, that's awesome. Is there anything like that? Yeah. Yeah. So, so I will say with the podcast, um, I'm, I'm saying things to certain people that I normally wouldn't say just recognizing people, uh, like being on this podcast and being like, yo, Trent, you were an awesome mentor to me when I showed up to Lachlan, like, that's the dead truth. Then you don't get the opportunity uh, to recognize people. So that's so that's good. Um, I podcasted my brother a couple times, and uh, you know, me and my brother just had some awesome, heartfelt conversations on a podcast. That, and I'm telling my brother things as as the older brother uh, that I would normally never say because I'm like, I need to I need to keep my little brother in line. He's gotta, <laughs> he's gotta stay hard. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, man, you're doing awesome. I'm so proud of you. And just stuff like that. And I, I caught myself flipping on the podcast. I told him too many nice things. Uh, so yeah, yeah, just stuff, just stuff like that. My, my, the uh, guys I trained jujitsu with and just telling them how much I appreciate the time I trained with them and how awesome they are. And then getting to hear their life story. It's, it's, it's awesome. And for the videos, uh, I never had, I never had ambition to make videos, but as after I made that first tacky video, uh, I thought I was going to get trolled and it, it, it turned out 99, 99, maybe higher percent of people were like, dude, this was awesome. Like do more. So, um, so yeah, it's, it's been awesome to get out, uh, just something like the day in the life of attack P video. No one ever, no one, no one gets to see stuff like that. There's, there's nothing out there. And I was having guys like, uh, retired chiefs and guys who were in the career, um, you know, or out of the military now, they're like, man, this is so awesome to have something like this. This brought back a lot of good memories. So, so yeah, I'm, uh, yeah, it's made me put myself out there a little bit more. Um, and normally a lot of people that do what we do are very reserved and don't like to talk about what they do or, uh, which I mean, there's reason for that. But, you know, for what we're doing, this is awesome. It's helping a lot of, it's helping a lot of people. So, yeah, I think all of us, we're all the same way for a really long time. And then we'd realize like, we're missing out on a lot of people that could be like, like you, you didn't know anything about the military, um, you know, before you came in and you're just kind of like, whatever awesome job there is, I want an awesome job. And then, you know, who knows if you would have known about, you know, the choices that were out there, maybe you would have picked a different one. I don't know, but, um, like PJ or something cool, but, uh, um, it, Holy you know, beyond that, is there something that, um, you get asked all the time and you're tired of, you know, getting asked one, one question that you're just like, I want to solve this problem right now because, you know, people always ask about PJ stuff, whether you have to go to paramedic school after, if you have a current cert paramedic certification, whatever, that kind of stuff. Is there a question that you want to kind of get out there that you get asked all the time? Oh yeah. Yeah. So when I, uh, with, with the YouTube, you get every question and we were, we were all instructor or, uh, uh, me and Trent were instructors. So we know like all the 
ridiculous questions that we get asked. But looking back on it, like I was probably asking the same thing when I was in their shoes. Uh, just everything, like what are we going to eat in basic training in special warfare prep? Are we going to be able to leave base? When can I call my family for the first time? Just uh, to uh, to us in the position that we're that a lot of the guys are in now, these questions seem completely ridiculous. But being in the being instructors, you you realize the significance of it because a lot of these guys are they're brand new. Like they're they're starting they're they're cones. We call them cones for a reason. They're brand new. They don't know anything. So it is our job to inform them no matter how ridiculous we think that these questions are but we need we need to get this information out there because it's only going to make a better candidate and uh, just constantly reminding myself like these aren't ridiculous questions these are legit questions that people do not know the answer to um so don't don't be a jerk just reach out ask him so like hey man like uh, in basic training you will get to eat three meals a day uh it will be all good <laughs> yeah absolutely you're a better person than I am because I'm like, that is the dumbest question I've ever gotten <laughs> and stop asking. But I, I think what yeah. happens is it, it's a scary proposition to join the military and to, to, to try out for one of these these career fields. I think one of, a, a lot of these people out there and even once they get in the pipeline, they're just trying to find some control. They want to know something. So like they come up with some stupid, you know, some very legitimate question. Um, like, <laughs> Hey, like, what do we eat at, at prep? It's like, well, who cares? You know? And I think for, for us, we didn't yeah. know. So we're like, that doesn't matter. Cause I didn't know. So why should you know? But the world has changed. Hence, we're all here on a podcast talking about things that we never would have talked about before, you know, a while back. Um, you know, back when, when we had pagers in high school, I'm still stuck on the you had YouTube in high school thing. I can't wrap my head around it. I'm like, I'm not sure we had the internet when I was in high school. But um, yeah, beyond the questions, what's uh, what was the best advice that you got either before you joined or once you got into the pipeline when you were that kid asking those um, very important questions to your cadre members or anybody else? So I, I will say I did not want to talk to any of the instructors. I was the guy who tried to say as least as possible just because I knew whatever come out of whatever came out of my mouth, everyone was going to be like, you dummy. So I, I, just, I kept my mouth shut and I just wasn't going to quit. That was, that was me. That I would personally go that route. If you're going through the pipeline, don't highlight yourself in a bad way of asking some dumb question like, what are, are we going to get to eat later? But uh, uh, I, I was also super timid. So ask questions if you got questions. But those, there those, was one instructor. <laughs> what's that, Peaches? Oh, sorry, I was going to say those dumb questions or dumb comments, they don't stop. I, I mean, I'm the superintendent of a squadron right now, and I, I'm in meetings <laughs> with the commander, and I will ask or say something stupid. And at the after I do it, I'm like, yeah, that was that was really really dumb. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> and, and you get that. And a good leader is just gonna brush it off and you know, like not make you feel dumb. But uh, yeah, you definitely. I mean, if for the candidates and the people listening that are like trying to go through these pipelines, you want to get all the information yourself before you go out and start asking a million questions. Like, be the guy that people want to ask the questions to don't be the guy who's constantly asking the questions strive for that but when uh 
when I was going through the pipeline, I had this is this is one thing that uh, I wouldn't have quit regardless. But this is one thing that has stuck with me. So I had just lost my weapon in the first day of the field. I was super super bummed. I was like, dang, I'm gonna get washed back eight weeks of training and have to do eight weeks of training all over again. Crushed. I was. That are, I had just turned 19 years old, crushed. I had never failed at anything. And I was just like, man, I was like, ah, eight weeks again of this. I was like, this is going to be rough. So I'm sitting there in the graveyard because after you fail the field, you get sent to the graveyard until the week's over and then they shuttle you back to base. So I'm in graveyard. There's like one or two other guys that have failed. And I'm like, man, I'm a loser. I am never going to be able to do this. And I was just, I was done. And, uh, an instructor walked up to me. I don't, don't know his name. He was about to, he was about to get out of the military. I believe don't remember his name, tall redheaded guy, but he comes up and he just, he just talks to me for like, you know, 15 minutes. And he's like, I know you failed. I know that you feel like crap right now, but what's another eight weeks of training? This like, this is nothing in grand scheme of your life. Uh, so just just suck it up. Like you definitely got it. You see all these other instructors. Do you see these instructors that are like harassing you and the people that are so hard? He's like half of these or more than half of these guys failed their field their first time too. He's like I failed field the first time, and I, then I'm I'm looking at all these guys who I'm like, dang, these guys are rock stars. These guys will never fail. These guys are <laughs> the most intimidating and just alpha men I've ever encountered, and they failed. I was like, okay, I. I can do this. Like it, it kind of rejuvenated me. And just after everything that the instructors say is just negative, negative, you suck. You're not going to make it. I hate you. They don't say that, but uh, this, this stuff like that, it's just like negative reinforcement, negative reinforcement, negative reinforcement. I had one guy in my lowest of lows as a 19 year old kid to say something positive to me. And I was like, you know what? I'm, I'm doing this. I'm, I'm going back in training and I'm going to freaking crush it. I go up to the uh, NCIC of the next flight, and he's like, do you want to be here? And I was like, hell yeah, I do. And put me back in the pipeline and went through and crushed it the second go around. So that was that was one thing that uh, what you're talking about, Brian, of an instructor, like giving you words of wisdom, something that instructor said to me that stuck out that uh, that instructor gave gave me a little gleam of hope that I could make it. So dang. I'm not crying. You're crying. That was. Yeah, I'm like, I got allergies over here. Crying. Jeez. Hey, well, I yeah, mean, I yeah, go ahead. Uh, I I always just told people they weren't going to make it. So. <laughs> so, there's nothing. There's nothing more fun than just getting kneeling down next to someone that's struggling on push-ups that's about to collapse and whispering in their ear, "You're not going to make it." You know, and You're then not going to make it. Yeah, just just see what so, happens. Yeah, Trent, there's a there's a there's something funny that I have. I'm pulling it up on my phone right now. Uh, I said <laughs> I'm going to go eat with my buddies later, and I I told them I was going to be talking to you for this podcast. And one of them is a former student of yours, and uh, he remembers you. Obviously, he says, <laughs> "Awesome." Let's see if I can find it. The imagery you is burnt, burnt into his memory. <laughs> is he the one that did this? Uh, okay. What? No. Is ahead. he the one that did what? Oh, that cartoon. Okay, so he so he says, "Oh, you got the cartoons up?" 
I, I still I, I have some hanging in my house too. But uh he says the amount of eight count effing bodybuilders Trent has made me do in my lifetime is unrivaled. <laughs> that is the nicest thing that anyone has ever said to me. That's and and it's followed up by dude made us log roll four hundred meters around the track on our ETD. Oh. <laughs> look, 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 for the record, I just want to put this out there. Log rolls are the the best exercise to not injure people, but just to make them as miserable as possible. And then you learn how oh, to yeah. deal with puke and, and, and dizziness and all this other stuff. Uh, but, you, you know, your odds of being seriously injured during log rolls are, is very low. So whenever it's smoked on an ETD and it's, they're tired already and you want them to, you know, they mess something up and they need to feel a little bit more suck, my go, that's my go-to. That's how I reset Cone Collective mindsets is, is through log rolls. That's so everybody knows. Yeah. Whether or not it they deserved fun. it, it was ETD. So, yeah. 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 <laughs> Anything goes, really. Yeah. I woke up at 2 a.m. <laughs> they deserved it. That's... You're going to pay. Yeah. All right. Well, uh, Mark. Yeah, sorry, sorry for getting off topic there. Oh, no, you're good. You're good. Hey, do you have any, any other uh, nuggets of advice for anybody out there um, that's thinking about joining the community before we wrap this up? Last shot. Okay. Uh, so, be a good teammate. Be the guy that people want to work with. That is the biggest thing. It doesn't matter how athletic uh, you are, how much of a PT specimen of uh, PT freak you are. It doesn't matter. Like If you're not a good teammate, you're not someone uh, that uh, people flock to. And you're not. You're probably not going to do very good in the pipeline. I think the uh, pararescue uh, SR and CC, CCT got it right on the ANS, where they're actually looking at character traits. They're looking for good people who are uh, are uh, able to get the job done. Um, but with that being said, um, yeah, you can't you can't just be a good guy. Like you gotta you gotta put in the work. When there's dead time, always look for tasks to do. Like, what task can I do that is going to set my team up to succeed? Uh, you got to square your what you're, you got to square yourself away first. So, uh, for tack piece, for instance, you got make make sure all your stuff's in the rucksack in the right place. Uh, make sure you have all the equipment that you need. Okay, cool. I got all my stuff. Let me go check my buddy. Is my buddy good? Oh, he didn't do this. He didn't do this. Not right. Hey, man, you got to do this. Not, not right. Not, Hey, you freaking idiot. You suck. You're not, I don't want you on my team. You like, no, be the guy that people want to work with. Be, have people gravitate towards you. Now that, that seems like a perfect place to wrap it up. So, uh, I think you can find Mark on Instagram at, at funky Bunkley, correct? It is the funky Bunkley. That is, that is me. And uh, also your YouTube channel, the same name. Uh, I think it's just Mark Bunkley. I, yeah, I got a different, <laughs> different sign up. I think it's just Mark Bunkley, Mark but if Bunkley. they type in funky Bunkley, I think that'll pop up too. Pop up. Well, Ed, make sure you go out there and check them out. Uh, Mark, we really appreciate having you on. Uh, I, I didn't want this to turn into the, the Trent Mark show, but obviously I, I really enjoyed our time together at Lackland and at prep. Uh, one of the plank holders Mark is, uh, at the prep course. So, uh, really helped us set that all up and uh, was always a hard worker so and a, a positive guy that everyone wanted to be around so you are the person that you uh, you're telling people to be so i uh, always appreciated that and um for ones ready make sure you go uh, check us out uh, and listen to all the podcasts and on youtube 
and then check out our website onesready.com uh, pick up some swag we, we always have new stuff coming out and uh, make sure you get that peaches flag it's uh it's pretty awesome so uh, appreciate y'all coming out and uh, we'll catch you next time later later